This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with non-toxic medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, diaper rashes, and other types of skin damage. I discovered Active Skin Repair and their baby spray from my community when our daughter was a newborn and had constant diaper rashes, and it really helped and continues to help. Containing hypochlorous acid, which is an effective option for helping with yeast diaper we just spray or dab active skin repair onto the skin with a clean cloth or cotton ball let's sit for 15 seconds and then apply our balm or ointment of choice with over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order using code PEDSDOC that's p-e-d-s-d-o-c It's exactly the opposite of perfectionism, right? You don't have to do it perfectly to be a great mom. You don't have to say all the perfect words and have the most amazing meals and have an Instagram worthy, you know, experience with your children to enjoy them and for it to be a great experience for them and an incredible childhood. It's messy. They're going to tell you no. You're going to yell when you don't mean to. You know, they're gonna sneak out and take the car and those things are okay. And if we can normalize this idea that none of it has to be perfect and we don't put so much pressure on us. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Peds Doc Talk podcast. This podcast continues to grow because of you and your reviews. So thank you for tuning in and listening to the conversations I have with my guests, the conversations I give to you on my own. This is such a joy to do for you. And I am so excited to welcome my next guest, which is Michelle Kenny. She is a former teacher and high school counselor, mom of two teenagers and a recovering perfectionist, control freak and yeller. Hey, that sounds like me. Mm-hmm. Um, Helping parents find more calm at home. And we are talking about motherhood, perfectionism. Thank you so much for joining me today, Michelle. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for this conversation. It's kind of near and dear to me. So thank you for letting me bend your ear. Well, I'm so excited because it is near and dear to me, not only as a newer mom. I mean, I have a two and a half year old, but also someone who shares educational and parenting content for a lot of moms on my social. So this is going to be a really great conversation. But tell me more about yourself and why you do what you do. I am a mom of two teenagers. They're 13 and 16. And uh, like you said, I'm a former high school teacher and counselor. And I thought I was going to be this incredible mom because I had this great Mm -hmm. background in education. And I think motherhood almost took me down. It just was way harder than I'd ever imagined. And I couldn't find my footing. And I think I really lost my way. And finally, when I found some things that worked and felt good and helped me at home feel more calm, I wanted to share it because I didn't realize everyone was struggling out there and not all of us have, the resources weren't readily available to everybody. And when did you notice that? Did you notice that right immediately when you became a mom? Did it sort of snowball? Did it kind of happen later in your parenting journey? So right at the beginning, I thought, I'm going to be an attachment mom. Like Mm -hmm. I want to breastfeed and I want to co-sleep and I want to do all these things. And I did them to such a level that I think I almost killed myself because Mm -hmm. I thought I had to be the perfect parent. Mm -hmm. And so I think attachment parenting almost killed me because I took it to the umpteenth. 
the big breaking point was my daughter who at two years old, she told me no right to my face that she wasn't going to put her shoes on. And she Mm -hmm. threw the shoes down the hall. And at that moment, all I could think of is I have to scream at this child to get her to stop throwing her shoes. And I went on this deep path of a lot of yelling, a lot of shame, a lot of punishment, a lot of ridicule because I couldn't get my kids to behave the way I wanted them to. And that was like the deep, dark hole I went down. Well, this is exactly what we're talking about, this perfectionism, right? We get into this mode of feeling or having expectations of motherhood or how we're going to mother look a certain way. And then when it doesn't always go according to plan, um, it's the situation that like you just mentioned. So you also talk about good enough parenting. You know, I know we're talking about motherhood perfectionism, but describe to our listeners what you mean by good enough parenting. I mean, I think it's exactly the opposite of perfectionism, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to do it perfectly to be a great mom. You don't have to say all the perfect words and have the most amazing meals and have an Instagram worthy, you know, experience with your children to enjoy them and for it to be a great experience for them and an incredible childhood. It's messy. They're going to tell you, no, you're going to yell when you don't mean to, you know, they're going to sneak out and take the car and those things are okay. And if we can normalize this idea that none of it is, has to be perfect, then we don't put so much pressure on us. And I feel like a lot of that pressure really eats at our psyche and really um, makes it harder to parent. And you have two teenagers, right? Yeah. How old are they? 13 and 16. <laughs> uh, well, you're in it, right? I love yeah. when I have guests that are further along in the parenting journey than I am, meaning, you know, we're all going through the same feelings. I agree. But you have 13, 16 more years of experience in terms of this experience is what I'm talking about. This realization, this understanding, not about how to be a parent, but how to be a woman who is going into this new role. And there's just so much expectations that I think mm-hmm. that are set on us. And unmet expectations that causes disappointment. Why do you think we've gotten to this mode, this mode that we have to be this perfect parent? Do you think it comes from childhood, social media, a combination of both? Like, where do you think we're getting this from? Well, I do think there's this societal norm that if your child is bad or acting bad or doing something wrong or throwing sand at the kid in the sandbox in the playground, that somehow it's your fault. And you obviously don't have control of your kids. And you obviously don't know how to parent and none of which is true. But I think in deep in our minds, we believe that, right? If we have a Mm -hmm. bad kid, then we're going to be chastised and thought of as bad. And they're going to be thought of as quote unquote bad. And so we work so hard to make it look right Mm -hmm. so that we're not judged. I think that's part of it. I know for me, I lived in a household of, you know, yelling and shame and ridicule and all of these things. And so when I got to parenting, I thought I have to do it perfectly because I have to avoid shame because shame reminded me of my childhood and shame brought me down. And so if I could just do it perfectly, then I could avoid all the shame and I could never do it perfectly. So I lived in this terrible shame and I wouldn't let go of my mistakes. I wouldn't let go of like, yeah, you screwed up. You yelled. It's okay. Apologize. Move on they'll live. It's all right. And so we get stuck there sometimes, or at least I did. Yeah. And you mentioned that realization when your daughter was two years old and not wanting to, you know, wear the shoes and you were like, wait, I'm going to have to pivot here and figure out what to do. You know, I completely resonate with this and agree with you. And I think women, you know, for me, I feel like a lot of women, I'm not saying all girls, but a lot of us were Mm -hmm. raised with a perfectionism mindset from just being Mm -hmm. women, right? Like Mm -hmm. this sort of 
how am I supposed to behave? How am I supposed to act? And you grow up, you know, like having to fit this sort of mold as a female, you know, be polite, be a people pleaser, like all of the things you cannot be a people pleaser to your child because they're not going to love everything that you do. And then all of a sudden they're, your whole mentality of people pleasing and perfectionism is being thrown in your face because it's just another human being being a human being. And you're responsible for taking care of them and teaching them that all feelings are feelings, but not all actions are warranted, you know? And that's hard to, I think, come to a realization for a lot of females that I need to undo this. Yeah. I think there's a lot of pressure on women in this society, in this world to be everything. You have to have the perfect meals and the perfect kid and the perfect house and you have to work and, you know, the nursery better look a certain way. And then, you know, we do go on social media and we look at all these pictures. I mean, even people have said on my social media, like you have all these amazing suggestions, like I can never do it. And I think we feel as if we have to do everything that's out there Mm -hmm. and put in our face. Well, we don't, we just, we do what we can. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, you have older children, but right now what's happening in social media, and I'm sure you're very much aware because you just mentioned that, but is the over information. I think it's so beautiful that you have your practice that you have. I, you know, do what I do. And it's great to be able to have other outlets to share our information. But when you're consuming this as Mm -hmm. someone who is trying to be perfect, right? you can overdo it and say, wow, well, I'm seeing this person say this and using your example of attachment parenting, right? You went in it thinking that that's what you were going to do and it didn't work for you. Maybe that works for another family, right? Maybe gentle parenting works for you and doesn't work for me, blah, blah, blah. But it's all about finding your identity and then working with your child to find what works with each other. And that can be really hard when you've lost your identity in this whole motherhood craziness, if you will. Well, I think that's exactly it. We get into this fervor where we're so scared. Like, what Mm -hmm. am I doing? This is so hard. And then we go on social media and we start consuming all this information. And it's not social media, really. It's the way in which you interpret it, right? You can't go on social media and think that every post we're going to have to, you know, adhere to perfectly. People are putting out information because it's their best information and they're flooding you with it. You don't have to take it all in. Oh, it's almost. Yeah. It is on the consumer also to understand that it is what it is and you have to be very careful on when it's affecting you. I mean, I actually released an episode a few weeks ago about social media and how it affects our mental health, which is, I know we're talking about that, but it is very important that you are being very mindful of all of that when you're looking at what me and Michelle are talking about, because like you said, the Insta-worthy photos, the meals, all of that is just going to keep getting in your head and then just going to be staring and sitting there like, wait, what just happened? I can't make these arts and crafts. I don't want to be like an arts and craft mom, (laughs) but but you feel like you need to because you're seeing it on social, right? You see, or you see your friend down the street, like doing X, Y, and Z, like putting their kids in soccer and like all the activities. And you're like, I don't want to do that, but should I be doing that? Because society's telling me that's so stressful. As a pediatrician, mom, and podcaster, I want to share with you a podcast I recently discovered. It's called Understood Explains, and this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I listened to an episode called The Difference Between IEPs 
and 504 plans, and I learned so much that I honestly didn't know before. I now feel I can better explain these to my patients and their families and better support them in their neurodiversity journey. Navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences can be confusing, and this podcast helps to validate these struggles and provide actionable tips that are useful for parents, teachers, and clinicians. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess Meals, chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from each week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. I absolutely love the spicy jalapeno, lime cheddar chicken, and mushroom chicken thighs with wild rice. Keep kitchen time to a minimum with Factor Meals because they're ready in two minutes, no shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleanup. I work from home and love the convenience and how delicious Factor Meals are. Head to factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 and use code peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code peedsdoctalk50 at factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask-Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. That's, that's spot on. That is it. It's like, we believe that all of this stuff in our face is, has to be our reality. And it really just, it doesn't, we have to pick what works and what Mm -hmm. feels good. And like, I work with a lot of clients every day and so many of them come to me and they are talking so unkindly to themselves. Mm -hmm. I'm a horrible mother. I yelled at my kid. I did this. I'm so bad. And I'm thinking like, why are we talking to ourselves like this? And why are we shaming ourselves? And why are we having these huge expectations of motherhood around, is it social media? Is it our own selves? What is it? But it, all I'm saying is it doesn't need to be that way. And I, you know, introduced you and I said that you were a recovering perfectionist, control freak and yeller. And I said it also at the beginning that I also am in that same boat. And I think it comes from all the things that we just talked about, maybe from childhood, maybe Mm -hmm. being high achieving, women, you know, the combination of the two, um, and also perfectionism in childhood as well. I mean, perfect attendance awards and how the school system, you know, gears Mm -hmm. towards children. I mean, it's all, it's almost like a perfect storm of feeding into this feeling that you're describing. Um, and how, and when I would say, did you realize that you needed to change this? And of course you created this practice where you have clients now that you're helping, but when Mm -hmm. was it in your motherhood journey or was it before becoming a mom that you realized I need to 
fix this mindset, this perfectionism, this control freak, and, you know, being a yeller. You know, I think I started this journey when Esme was, my oldest was six and my youngest Mm -hmm. was three. And I think that's when I really realized that I was putting a lot of pressure on her, my oldest, especially to be perfect. And it was all because of my own insecurities and my own shame and my own stuff. So I think that year in particular, I really realized it. And then I dove really more deeply into parenting with less yelling and less control and more love. Oh, I love it. And you've already talked about, you know, what you're, you did or what you've tried to do for your um, own parenting journey, but what would you say to other mothers or even other fathers that are listening on how to reframe when they find themselves feeling this, I'm not good enough and I need to be perfect. Like what are some tips that you would give these families? I would say life is full of mistakes. Life is full of ruptures and repairs. And the best thing you can do for your kids is to apologize and to say I messed up and to let them know that perfection is not the way to go. And the best way to tell them that perfection isn't the way to go is to openly accept their mistakes. And then they openly accept yours. And we just rupture and repair and we get through the murkiness the best way we can. We speak as kindly as we can to ourselves and tell ourselves, it's okay. You're not perfect. And thank goodness you're not. Yeah. And oh, I just feel this so strongly because I feel like when people hear this, they can just get that permission to let it go. Because sometimes like you feel like you have to hold it all together for your kids or hold it all together for your partner. If you have a partner or, you know, hold it all together at, at your work. Like it's okay to be vulnerable. And just to say, well, like you said earlier, also that what is it that I want in this journey? Like, what is it that I'm, what are my goals? Not what are social media's goals or my partner's goals? I mean, obviously you need to be hopefully on the similar page with your partner if you have one, but what do I want out of this role? I think oftentimes we forget that this is like, I'm not saying that this is a job because then it takes the, it sounds like it's mundane, but like, like a job, like being what you do and also being a pediatrician, right? Like every day I'm, it's practice, right? I'm learning as I go. Like I'm learning about new things. I'm learning how to communicate. I'm getting better in my skill as a pediatrician, similar to being a mother, right? Like Mm -hmm. every day you're learning something new. You maybe yelled yesterday, but then today you're like, Hey, look at that. I didn't yell today. Or maybe I did. And that's okay. I'm not going to beat myself up over it, but it's about that sort of process that I think people feel like it's so fixed. And then Mm -hmm. they get lost in this, like, fixed mindset that, okay, this is what I am. I I can't change. No, you're supposed to evolve in this role. And I think we often forget that. Yeah, very much so. I think that's so true. Yeah. Any other tips, like in terms of this reframing when they find themselves feeling like they're not good enough? I'd say like back to social media for just one second. I see a lot of, you know, scripts, like you should say this and if that happens, you should say that. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you're bringing this up. Go ahead. Wow. I put those out too, right? Those are great things. They're good reminders. They are not the end all be all. They are just a suggestion. They are just a pathway. And I think like, you know, in in gentle parenting too, people say like, oh, I'm, you know, I know you're feeling upset and I'm Mm -hmm. right here. And that's great. Say that. That's cool. But the way in which you can really make change in your parenting, or you can really like feel like live in your parenting, like it's yours, you own it is to find your own, you know, phrase and find your own way and take that idea and make it your own. Mm -hmm. If you like that idea, you don't have to say every single word out there in the right order in order to be a good parent. 
And that if you have the mindset, like I want to come with kindness to my child, what does that mean for me internally? And what words make sense for me and my kid? Again, I'm just so glad you brought up the script thing because I didn't realize that that was happening until I joined social media that people... (laughs) parenting accounts talk about scripts. And I think they're wonderful to some degree. I agree with you. You said you do it. I have not done it yet because what I find that happens and I hear it in my office is that then you become a perfectionist trying to follow a script. You are trying to memorize versus incorporate, right? And I think you just mentioned that like, it's not that you should be a robot and say, here's my script. It's like, you want to get the concept of what are you trying to get? And I find that that can lead to more perfectionism. And then it's, it backfires because you're like, okay, here's this moment. Here's this moment. And I want to say the right thing, but sometimes you're not going to say the right thing. Sometimes I want you to say the wrong thing so that you learn to say the right thing the next time, you know? Yes. You know, what's so interesting though, is that when I put out an idea, sometimes I'll put out like, come to your child with love when they mess up. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, what do you mean? Yeah. Tell me the words I need to say. I'll get yes. like 20 comments like that. And then yes. I'm like, okay, I need to tell them that I get sucked in. Right. Yeah. I I'm gotcha. like, no, it's an idea. But then I get sucked in. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, here's what I say to my kid all the time. This is, I say, I hear you. I'm right here. I understand how you're feeling. And then people are like, oh my gosh, thank you for the words. Yeah. And so it's, I don't know. We have to find, I think that parenting is a mindset. Mm-hmm. You have an uh, ideology, right? I want to be kind. I want to be empathic. I want to have boundaries with and limits, but I want to do it without yelling and screaming. And if you have that framework and that mindset, it will all come to you. You don't need us to give yeah. you the words. Oh, I feel this so much. And like I said, if people listening like the words, I nothing against the words. If you're finding yourself hearing the scripts, And then in the moment, you're feeling flustered because either you can't remember and you're trying so hard to remember and you feel like you're not a good parent because you didn't get it right. That is what we don't want. We don't want the script to make you feel worse. It should make you feel more empowered. And I agree with that. And then you also talked about, you know, gentle parenting. And again, there's a lot of different parenting philosophies out there. And I think they're all wonderful. Like even like you said, attachment parenting, right? You went deep into attachment parenting, but there's principles of attachment parenting. There's principles that you can take from each type of parenting style to create your own style, like, which is what you mentioned. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I found that a lot of gentle parents, let's use that terminology in quotes. They feel like they need to fill the space with verbalization. I hear you, sweetie. I see you. Sometimes Mm -hmm. silence is best. Like letting your kid just be upset and just sitting with them and just letting them have the moment. And I, think with the gentle parenting, sometimes we feel like we need to know that they know that we're there. And by knowing that it's the words, but sometimes it's just your body. And I think people forget that. That is so important. So I tell my clients, 80% of empathy is listening. Mm -hmm. That's it. You just have to sit there and recognize that you see them with eye contact. I know you're struggling. I don't have to say anything. I'm staying here with you and I know you're struggling. That's it. I'm here. It's like a therapist, right? Like, I mean, when you go to, if you you meet anybody, like any human being that you feel heard by, right? Like if you see a therapist or go to a friend that you can think of right now, that is like your go-to, that person that makes you feel good, probably allowed a pause before they started talking to let that digest. And almost, it almost is like, again, that nonverbal cue of, Hey, I'm here, I'm listening to you and I don't need to offer you a solution. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I think so many times as when we get into this perfectionism mindset is, okay, my kid cannot be upset. No, your kid is going to be upset. I actually want them to be upset because through being upset, will they learn something? 
Well, they'll learn. Yeah. They'll learn resilience. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of just being there. So if your kid is upset and you sit with them through the upset without even saying anything, and then they feel better, they're going to know, oh my gosh, I can be upset and I can feel better. And nobody's trying to fix my feelings. And now I've built resilience. And I know in the future when I'm by myself, I can get through the hard moments because I remember what that felt like. Oh, and it feels good. Like, I mean, I yeah. never got that growing up. I don't know about you. So maybe <laughs> that's no. why we're the, <laughs> maybe that's why we're recovering perfectionists and yellows. Yes. And, but no, I didn't get that growing up and it's what no. we're trying to do for our son. And I think we're doing a pretty good job because we've recognized that we didn't get that as children. And I think a lot of this parenting job is realizing the things that were not done well and the things that were done well when you were a child and not blaming your parents for everything. I know our parents did not do a lot of great things. Um, I get it that people want to blame and push the blame, but when you're an adult now, you can't go back in the past. You can no, say, you can say, look, this happened to me. Like my dad yeah. was a yeller. And I think you said that your dad was a yeller yep. as well. Right. Yep. Um, I didn't like it. I don't think my dad did something right, but my dad had his reasons for yelling. So now I'm the only one responsible for fixing how I yell. My dad's not going to help me. Right. Yeah. I'm an adult. So I think sometimes also in this perfectionism mindset, we kind of get in this sort of, okay, well, I'm going to do this and this is how I am. And also in that perfectionism mindset, we do not give room that we need to change because we think we're perfect or we have this sort of mentality that I got to hold on. But I was holding on to that yelling. I was holding on to being a control freak, but that wasn't making anything better in my marriage, in my, as like, you know, so I did that work before having Ryan. I was like, I need to change this. And yeah it makes you feel better about yourself. Like it's not even for anyone else. It's for you. If we're talking about parenting, you parent better when you feel better. So it's like, okay, yes, that makes complete sense. It's just, and back to the parents, like I love my parents so much. They did a lot of wrong things, but they didn't know any better. They Mm -hmm. didn't know and they didn't mean to, and they didn't want to hurt us. They just did. And it's okay. It's okay. And I know that's, I love talking to you. I know we're talking about perfectionism, but we're also talking about generational trauma, but it's all connected. Like it's all connected. And I love talking about our childhood because I think it's just, you can go back to all the things that we're saying, right? This perfectionism, I talked about how, you know, it can go back into childhood and you agree that you can see all these things and maybe where it kind of started to show itself, but also we're adults and, you know, you've had things in your adult life, maybe at your job, there's a sticker for perfectionism too. I think a lot of corporate America is in that perfectionism mindset. Um, So there's so many different ways that this can happen. This is such a great conversation. What would be your final take home for everyone listening? Just know that if you have your heart in the right place in your parenting, if you really like listen to your soul and your heart and what feels good and what feels right, and you have that as your guiding light, you're going to figure out how to be the best parent for your kid. So if you want to go on social media and get some tips, great. But you don't have to live and die by them. Yeah. And that's so important. Michelle, this was so great. At the end of every episode, I like to ask before we share, you know, all the resources and where people can find you because we're talking about parenting and you've already kind of mentioned some highs and lows, I guess, but what would be (laughs) like a parenting high and a parenting low? I love doing this because I get to know more about my guests. Our listeners can know more about how we are not perfect parents. So this is like, (laughs) the perfect episode to put this in, but I put it in most of my episodes, but what would be your high and low um, with your two teenagers now? I mean, I think my lowest point, and I mentioned it earlier, was really the first time I ever yelled at Esme, my mm-hmm. oldest. I felt this like change in my heart. Like I hardened immediately when I yelled at her and that 
hurt my soul, I think deeply. And I know it hurt her soul. And so I think those few first few times of yelling and screaming at my kids really changed things. And I will always remember that. And what about a high? And then my high is recently I asked my oldest, (laughs) I want her to come on my podcast and she's like really reluctant to do it. And I'm like, no, come on. Like, let's share all of our stuff. And she's like, oh, mom, it's so embarrassing. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And she's like, well, what would we talk about? And I said, well, I would ask you this question. I would say, Esme, what's the difference be- that you see between the relationship that some of your friends' parents have with them and the relationship that you and I have? And she, without even hesitating, said, you trust me. Aww. And Aww. I was like, oh, that's so great. Like, I did it. She believes I trust her and I do. And so that's what I always wanted. Okay, Michelle, you're going to have to come back on a future episode to talk about how we can create trust in our children, because it sounds easy, but it's actually not. It's actually, I think there's a lot of roadblocks that parents do. And I see that's why you said that. And I'm like, this is such a good topic because I think even in toddler years, we don't trust our toddlers enough. Yes. Yes. I, I get it. And I think that comes, I mean, I know this is going to go to another episode that we'll record later, but I think it comes because of, we have to protect our children from a safety standpoint, but there's so many things that we can let our children do for their own. And also how we allow them to trust their bodies with food, with movement, with Mm -hmm. when they fall. I mean, oh gosh, this is going to be a great episode. Yes. Failure, like letting them fail, let them fail. They're going to fail. It's okay. It's good for them to fail. And again, this is going back to your perfectionism talk, right? Because when you don't fail as a toddler, as a school age kid and never had someone to guide you, you're going to have what me and you have, which is this perfectionism mindset that we are trying to undo. So, ah, oh, yeah, Michelle, where can everyone find you? I'm going to have you back on. So everyone oh, yeah, listening, I can't yes, wait. this is, yes. we have so many topics and I don't have a lot of repeat guests on because there's so many people that are like, Oh, I'd love to be on. And I'm like, I'd like to share the podcast, but you and me are vibing right now. And I'm loving the way you talk about parenting and I just love it. So Thank where you. can everyone, so yeah, great. where yeah, can everyone so find great. you? I'm peace and parenting pretty much everywhere. Peace okay, and perfect. parenting on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, I'm on what's it called? TikTok. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm on the internet, peace and parenting LA.com. I'm just kind of everywhere. And I have my own podcast, which is also peace and parenting. Love it. And I'm going to be linking all of these resources. I love how you're like, what's that called? TikTok? I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm dude. not on it yet. And I, I, I know I should because it's the, nah. a lot of people are on it, but I just can't right now. But I love that. Um, I'm going to attach all the links, everyone. Um, again, Michelle, thank you for joining us. If of you course. love this episode, make sure you tag um, Peace and Parenting on Instagram as well as Pete's Doc Talk on your stories. Share it. Leave a review. Call up Michelle for the wonderful messages that she sent to the, um, on this episode in the review and ratings. And thank you again for um, coming on. Thank you so much, Mona. It was so lovely. Thank you for tuning in for this week's episode. As always, please leave a review. Share this episode with a friend. Share it on your social media. Make sure to follow me at Pete's Doc Talk on Instagram and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Pete's Doc Talk TV. We'll talk to you soon. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not gonna tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. 
but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.